Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 403 of Pixels and, Pixels and Ink, <clears throat> excuse me, the official podcast of CG Magazine, where we take a critical eye to gaming, comics, tech, and media. I'm your host today, Chris DeHoog, and I'm joined by our editor-in-chief, Brendan Fry. Hello there, Chris. And Jordan Biordi. What's up? How are we all doing now? We, this is take two. Yeah, I'm going to take two. No, no, sh- don't tell them. Hey, baby, we're, we're transparent here. We have nothing to hide. We just mess up and forget to post on every other thing. I, I am much worse than I was five minutes ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just okay. You want to take a break? You want to take a quick pop out, grab some water? We'll uh, fill the air for you. Yeah, no, it's a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting some water oh, too. Little little we're good. We're good. Is empty. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so as we were saying to ourselves a few minutes ago, <laughs> um, yeah, looks like uh, we're starting to feel like uh, events are back because Gamescom is going on right now in Cologne, Germany. We have mm-hmm. a man on the ground there. Our, our writer, Ed, is, Edward, is there. Uh, he's uh, reporting back some with some great uh, coverage of the event, including some of the fascinating displays they've got there um it's been really cool to see yeah i mean like if you go to our socials you can see a lot of the photos of the event seeing all the ridiculousness that gaming publishers have apparently spent the money on this year yeah Yeah, all that cool stuff i mean you could look you could do it yourself but doing it (laughs) (laughs) well you know they got the first glass here yeah, it's starting to look like now. E3s of old. Uh, it does. Has Gamescom always kind of gone this far? Like Gamescom, when I've been there, I've been a few years, it has always been a very bombastic show. So there's always been a lot of a lot of happenings, people going on. There's a lot of big events, big displays, and a lot of people. Yeah, because some of that stuff that I that we saw from from Ed's photos there, like it reminds me of like classic E three stuff. And I used to think that was kind of like the pinnacle of like mm-hmm. bombast for the for the industry. Yeah. So no, I mean they go all out in Europe, and uh, I know every time I've been to Gamescom, it's just been amazing. Especially because you have the publishers go all out, but you also have people doing really amazing cosplay. People just really excited to be part of these experiences. Also, you see more PC type stuff that you don't really see. At E3, usually it's in the back room, whereas at Gamescom, it's really on full display. Hmm. Well, actually, the cosplay game in general, the community is, do, is just doing some fantastic stuff. Some people have been like creating such great costumes over the last two years that they're finally get, getting to show off, and it's like, mm-hmm. the, oh, yeah. They've really escalated the game. I have total respect for them. <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of stuff that we've been able to see from the event uh, remotely, though, for those of us who aren't there in person, has, there's, been, there's been a lot of trailers. Kind of like a E3 light sort of event. Nothing really quite as ground shaking as some of the stuff we saw at E3, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely some stuff to be excited about. Uh, we got our first look at the Dune Awakening, the survival MMO. Because, um, you know, we, just, we live in a universe where we're getting two Dune games now. Yeah. Control the spice. Both, by fun, both by Funcom, one is the open world survival rpg mmo type thing and one is the rts yeah i was about to say yeah with the with one of the best taglines in gaming history what is it it, it was like control the spice control the world or something and i was just like <laughs> i wish more games had you controlling spice <laughs> <laughs> well i, I mean, if you're not controlling spice in a dune game what are you even doing that's fair 
Uh, <laughs> I know. I was gonna say. I know it is like like part of the like the lore of Dune, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's just a really funny like tagline to put in a trailer. <laughs> I liked it. On a trades, first you get the spice, then you get the money, <laughs> then you grind for microtransactions. Probably because it's modern MMOs. And it's like, <laughs> Like if the Mad Max game was like get the guzzling, get the win. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pay nine ninety nine for the season pass to get the to get the, the spice to get the power. Um, to get the good spice. That's when you get the paprika. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sonic Frontiers got a release date. So in in a world where a lot of people are kind of moving games around to avoid big temples like God of War Ragnarok, Sonic mm-hmm. Frontiers said no. Nah, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, plan our flag here. Move over, brah. I respect that because when I've seen the game, it does not seem ready for that sort of thing. But they're going all out. Yeah, I, I, and I think I don't know how much of that maybe is Sega like trying to eschew fears because of like the initial trailer that came out or the initial like gameplay footage that came out did not really sell the game. And a lot of people were genuinely worried that it was going to be a a steaming pile. So um, I, I could, I, I think personally, I'm a little bit more confident in it. Like it, you know, it yeah. showed off some like actual like levels that you can run around. It. It's not just a big open world thing. I, mean, I, um, I think Dana tried it. And I believe Edward is going to be trying it at Gamescom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't move me, but I've never been really a big fan of the Sonic Adventure style games. Yeah, I'm more of a fan of the 2D, and even then, only a passing fancy. So we'll see. Yeah, exactly. This 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 looks like the kind of game that really is like for the hardcore Sonic fans who like have been like, you know, pointing to the people who are making like the fan versions online of big open world 3D Sonic games and being like, "See, Sega, do this." <laughs> I was, I was going to say, normally that kind of approach doesn't work, but we've seen it work very well for Sonic, where like Christian Whitehead is yeah. basically rebuild their games for them in a much better form. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, this this new footage is definitely more inspiring. It's uh, looking a little more flushed out because that, yeah, when Dana had tried it, that footage they released around that time looked like a interesting engine, but just a very sparse, lifeless kind of world with no, like, like what's the gameplay yeah. loop here, right? Like, yeah. Even the way they kind of showed off a few more of what I guess uh, some of the more like open areas are. There's like different like biomes for them now and stuff. So you're probably like, I guess you'll be switching between them or something. Like it'll be sort of like a, at least a, 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 a less focused part of the game as a, I guess it's going to still have like more traditional Sonic style levels. Yeah, there's some there's some shots in there that are more like the Sonic Generation style of like side scrolling or at least yeah, like combo. Almost two. And are we actually not going to be fighting Robotnik in this one? That'd be interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he'll show up. He always shows up in some capacity. He'll be fighting some next thing, and then Robotnik will show up at the end, like, Bwahaha, it was me all along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was me, Dio. Or me, Ivo, I guess. <laughs> Dr. Kentover. Uh, yeah, a few other things were shown off. Um, what was the one? The. Um, High on Life, uh, the <laughs> new one from Justin Rick Morland and of Rick and Morty fame. Not 
seems like a very divisive title because that doesn't do anything for me. But I'm also not a Rick and Morty fan, so I I I, I think we'd I have to see more about it, like because I, I guess I just don't know enough about it. And yeah, like the idea of having like a gun that's gonna like shout at me in Morty voice, like I don't, it's I don't uh, need that. No. It's it's not going to sell a game to me. You know what I mean? Like I kind of feel like like Trover saves the universe was a was a funny idea and it worked because it was like kind of grounded in like the fact that it's a VR game, mm-hmm. um, and just like yeah, like it, that one. Like I, I saw I saw a lot of gameplay of that and like some of the like the different like weird areas you go to were like pretty funny, but they were very self contained, right? Like if it's this is just like you have a you have this like weapons that are going to just be talking the whole time and like reacting to the situation like it's going to get old fast and and i wonder too like how much how much dialogue they're actually going to record for it because to the point where it's going to start like looping shit and then it's just going to get annoying yeah i feel like this one doesn't really need to sell too hard though because the people who like that kind of thing <laughs> they're gonna, gonna flock it, yeah. to it and think it's the next best thing right like it's oh, got a market yeah. pre-installed so they just have to make it i have to say um, one thing that did surprise me at this entire showcase was the lords of the fallen because do we all remember when that first game launched back in 2014 um i don't think so Oh, you know what? Okay, so I didn't actually play Lords of the Fallen. Or no, wait, I did. I because I had to review. I had to review that the, the Lords of the Fallen. Yes, the Lords of the Fallen. Um, because I, I had to review that crappy mobile game of that they yes. did of it, and then I went back and played the original. I was like, yeah, this is like kind of like Dark Souls, and then I never yeah. played it again. The first one was published by Bandai Namco, and it was fine. Like it really, it it looked good when it came out, but it just never. Oh yeah, it never felt as deep as like the Dark Souls series. It just felt like they had a really cool engine and they kind of made a Dark Souls like game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. And I think, and like, yeah, didn't like Bloodborne had had come out like a little bit after that too. So it, it was, was kind of like, I believe Lords of the Fallen was first. It was yeah. the kind of first knockoff Dark Souls. Yeah, because yeah, Bloodborne was twenty fifteen. So I think that was like I was already getting excited for that one. And uh, Lord of the Fallen was 2014, and it was was it also Bandai Namco? So it would it's also it was yeah. So it was like another game by the same publisher for like a Souls like. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first weird, of yeah. May, looking back at it now, right? Like it's just that's just the thing people do now. Let's make Souls like. But, but I have to say, the game looked good. Like I, I know yes, it's that just, was one thing it, I can say about it too. Like that was a good. That was a really good trailer. I have no idea what the actual game looks like, but that trailer made it seem like a metal Dark Souls. That was like, yeah, we're metal. Deal with it. Yeah, I, like, like I don't want to. You know, I don't want to come off as like Mister Cynic here, but like, I think you, Mister Cynic, no. <laughs> awesome. Well, I was just just because you know there was there was a lot of stuff that like didn't grab me with with a lot of the like reveals because again it's just like it's all like kind of like you know just video footage and like concepts and not like real solid gameplay um so you know and it, it just it just sort of like led me back to that thought i was having i think last week where like the the sort of like the triple a sphere just isn't grabbing me anymore because it's just like right. everything looks very the same um 
yeah. or at least or, or, or there's not enough to really excite me about what's like what's what's been announced but like some of the stuff that has been announced that's a little bit more like on the independent side holy geez like mm-hmm. i don't i know the guys um who what was, what's the name of the company that is making i know um neo Wiz games okay yeah is trying was trying really hard in one interview not to describe lies of p like bloodborne or dark souls like they were trying yeah. really hard to say it's not dark souls it's not bloodborne it looks a hell of a lot like bloodborne <laughs> and i am here for it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looks. I actually think Liza P looks really cool. Um, it looks amazing. Oh, the Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. it looks thing. really yeah. Bloodborne. Yeah, I really like how they've. It looks. It looks really sharp. They the combat looks intense. No, it looks pretty good. That one, yeah, that one looks amazing. I was like genuinely surprised <laughs> to see killer clowns from outer space is getting a video game, like. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I remember I know I know back in like the 90s everyone was trying to make Attack of the Killer Tomatoes like into a franchise like there was a cartoon and a game on the Super Nintendo I think but it's like I didn't think in my lifetime I would ever see a video game based on killer clowns from outer space. You know that hot, hot uh, horror franchise everyone's still talking about 25 years later. <laughs> yeah, I mean and horror horror is a is a generous description of that movie although i mean like looking at just the thumbnail of it alone i can kind of see why they're like you know people like five not fight as a freddy's and the you know recent friday the 13th and evil dead games have done pretty well mm-hmm. yeah. why not bring this thing why back not, kind yeah of... why not killer clowns yeah i mean so can do these crazy mascot things why can't we do these crazy clowns right it's not such yeah. a far it was just—it was one of the weirder uh, announcements at the the Gamescom. Oh, at the that's kind of saying something. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, what what are our thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy? They kind of gave a bit more details with that one. Couldn't care less. It's a little <laughs> late on that one. I, I I've never really been a big Harry Potter fan to begin with, and now it's just like the well really... is poisoned. Yeah, the ball's poisoned. It's five years too late. Like, where was this game five years ago? <laughs> yeah. Um, Before um, J.K. Rowling decided to go a little bit uh, red pill on everyone? To insert yeah. her entire foot in her mouth and strip to the ankle? Yes. Um, <laughs> before the, but like, before even the popularity of the, se- of the whole series, too, was kind of cooled. And it wasn't just, yeah. you know, the debacle, too. It's been like, you know, the yeah. Fantastic Beast movies are killing people's enthusiasm. and There was that, that oh, hard, Hogwarts... Yeah. mystery on mobile that literally strangled a child unless you paid money to get them unstrangled <laughs> really i forgot about that <laughs> yeah i don't remember that uh, brendan because that was the point in the game where you like ran out of energy like the game like was like let, letting you have like just enough energy to like move through the game and complete the little like tap the screen to advance plot until you got to the part where the vines and like the underground were choking your your character <laughs> child and it was like that was the point where you ran out of uh, out of energy and you would like either had to like wait an hour or two to get the get energy back to proceed or you could spend the money to get it <laughs> and that was where it got like that was like the that was the you know the first hits free kind of thing <laughs> like that was a calculated move on their part i'm sure they oh, measured no, that down no. to the to the energy modicum uh, not at all chris how, how, how dare you imply such a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um 
I will I'm... say though, um, speaking of like actual good-looking horror stuff, the Callisto Protocol. Yeah, that looks really good. Ooh. That looks better when the entire showcase isn't doing the same thematic thing like it was at. Yeah. Um, what was the last? Well, actually, it was E three, wasn't it? Where they had it was. Yeah, it was last year's E three, I believe. That they just showed. They kind of just showed off like the visual trailer with the scared. Well, dude like getting chomped it, on. It, it was earlier this year. Like they showed off Cluster Protocol again, and then everything else that followed it in that sh- that showcase was like horror in space, horror in space, yeah. horror in space. And it's like, okay, which one is which now? Like everyone's doing the same thing, and it's hard to keep them straight, but. I think this one, at least to me, because it does really look and kind of almost it looks like like it looks like it feels like the like spiritual successor to Dead Space, which I'm like really excited about too. No, the, it's from the same developers, right? It's right. It is the same developer. It's right. Same creator, not the same developers. Visceral Games is still technically part of EA, I guess, sort of. <sighs> are they still part? Because they, they 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 liquidated they, them, they, right? Yeah, you know, but the, a lot of the team are still part of other parts in EA. Okay, uh, but the heads of the studio went on to work at Sledgehammer. Was that it? Um, and then did this game, if I remember correctly. I, I'm forgetting now. This was so long ago. Oh, I'm googling, and you, we all know how fun googling is. Uh, let me do like a google jingle to play googling uh googling um anyway yeah so i just it uh it looks it looks super good and i'm here for it it does um the thing that kind of grabbed me actually was where winds meet um it's drawing a lot of comparisons to ghost of tsushima okay yeah Mm -hmm. i'm not sure that's valid but it's like i i see where it's coming from we'll go we'll we'll run with that if it's an easy way to to sum, sum it up but um yeah, but, uh, this time set in like a, a Chinese dynasty uh, type of setting instead okay. of uh, feudal Japan. I'm just going to correct myself. Uh, Glenn Schofield, who worked on Dead Space, is also doing the Callisto Protocol. Technically, it's not Visceral Games, but it's one of the people that started Visceral Games. Okay. That's kind of like Back for Blood, where it's like, this is Left for Dead, but not shh. Like, yeah. <laughs> that kind of you situation. Like, oh, we don't have the rights to the thing we made anymore, but we're making it again so you can make the same thing just call it different name yeah like igarashi did with castlevania yeah no this isn't castlevania this is bloodstained yeah it, it doesn't i mean sure it might look a little bit like castlevania but uh, yeah i'll um, we'll agree one of the most wtf moments was showing off uh, a concept car that's from pokemon for some reason yeah that was, I think, uh, if you go through our socials, Edward has a picture of that concept car on the show floor because, of course, he does. Is that going to be like a real drivable thing, or is yeah, this going to be like the Homer? I think it's. I was. <laughs> were you, I knew you were going to go there. That's why I, I was just I, thinking of it. I was like, just they, they pull back the curtain, <laughs> and there's Pikachu sitting behind the wheel waving as it spins around the floor. Um, it's going to ruin the company. <laughs> <laughs> does it like like what does it do does it like have pokemon go built into the dash or something and you drive around and why not pokemon? Like, sure why not? i don't know but build an auto catcher into your car i'd go for that yeah i think that's a bad idea but yeah maybe um i don't know it's it, just it, a mini like it's just a mini it is some special pokemon based things in the mini but yeah it's just a mini 
I'm scrubbing it's fully through electric this. too, like Pikachu. So you know, yeah. I, I'm just I'm That's scrubbing through joke. this video, and at no point do they actually show like any of the interior with, of the car. It's just Jeff Keeley and some dude. The interior's talking. not finished though. They only have the exterior. Sure. <laughs> yes, it's just, just a shell. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! So, I do want to talk quickly about the fact that um, opening that live. Did, did kind of feel a little bit of a fallback to kind of the overly commercialized E3 type shows that were before pandemic. So you did have those mm-hmm. weird ad breaks. You did have those car ads in the middle of a thing. You, you, you do. It did feel a little less focused on the games and more about who paid for a marketing segment. Yeah, but that does. That kind of feels like. Because is Jeff does Jeff Keeley like run the Gamescom like he does the game advertisements? He's works on it, but I don't think he runs it. I think that is also that is run by like the um, Gamescom committee type people that kind of set that all up. I'm not sure how marketing side of it all works, but because yeah, it's like it's very reminiscent of like the Game Awards, right? Where it's just like five years of commercials and then maybe an ad or maybe an award or two come in there like yeah yeah but like between him standing on stage and introducing world premiere trailers that are just like no gameplay for two hours and that's it um starting to feel kind of samey <laughs> yeah i mean like it's 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 nice to hear like and, and i guess even see it like like how the actual show show floor looks and feels kind of like classic you know e3 where that was like a really big deal and to to actually go there was like a really interesting thing but like to sort of like watch it 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 feels to me very much still like you know the 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 necessity for shows like this is Mm -hmm. not like not overly necessary so like you could have just like really solid like you know like just like bi-monthly or whatever just digital presentations of some game stuff and it's like right, right. it works all the same right if you're just going to show off uh you know of of a, a, a video only or like a cinematic trailer right then like what's the what's the need for an announcement to really mm-hmm. that's my thought anyway yeah but does it really count as a trailer if jeff keely's not uh promoting it on this on an empty stage <laughs> like, um, so no point. yeah you're right you're right <laughs> Jeff Keighley has to. Uh, if the next Nintendo Direct starts and Jeff Keighley doesn't walk out, I'm gonna be very. I'm just, I'm just gonna shut it off. <laughs> I, I'm just disappointed. You know, Square Enix had a good thing going for a little bit there, where they have Matthew Mercer promoting or doing the voiceover for their Square Enix presents things, and they haven't done it for like a year, and they sold off all the studios that they were talking about. At those things. <laughs> yeah, like, you were this close. You had Matt Mercer. They're gonna sell Matt Mercer for more NFT money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other can of worms. But uh, it's just like you had, we had someone else involved in the space that wasn't Jeff Keighley or that one guy who does Nintendo Directs all the time. Yeah. Just, uh, can we Who is that guy? Anyway, he's got such it? a cool voice. I love that guy's voice. Oh, he's he's, like, he's good. It's just like you no, know, it's nice to hear someone who's not those two people. Yeah. <laughs> a brand but, new adventure awaits. Uh, he's so great. <laughs> he's, he loves his job. It shows. Oh yeah, um, no, he does. It's campy as hell, but like, yeah, it's like he's having such a good time. So I believe Gamescom's going on through the rest of the weekend still, right? Or it goes on till Sunday, I believe. Um, so there's a there's still quite a bit to enjoy. I don't I think all the big announcements are now done. Um, 
I say, I kind of feel like we're done all the bombshells that are going to fall out of it. So mm-hmm. no, 100%, I don't think there's any more bombshells that are going to happen this year. Um, then again, you know, I've been surprised in the past. It's possible we'll see something, um, but we'll have to wait and see. There is still a lot uh, of coverage coming from CG Magazine. So if you are excited from Gamescom, you can keep checking the site. Got a few interviews coming, I believe. Uh, there's quite a bit coming. I believe there's a. I know there is because I did it. Uh, an interview with the people from Warner Brothers about uh, Gotham Knights, and then Edward has a lot of previews and lists coming that will kind of show off what's uh, excited at this year's show. Awesome! Something to look forward to on the website there. Oh, um, so. Uh, so, Bombshell kind of came this morning, and it kind of kicks off a chain of other topics involving Sony. Uh, Sony announced this morning a surprising uh, price increase on the cost of the PS5, almost globally. So, yeah. well, here in Canada, the price of the PS5 bundles, or the PS5 units, are both going up by $20. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's about the same difference in other regions, and the U.S. is just it. not getting any pricing. Yeah, so that's the weird one. I don't understand why it wouldn't just be across the board. It all currencies have kind of been facing the same struggles, so I don't know why Sony's picking and choosing the regions that it changes in. Um, the PS5 was already kind of a little bit more than it should have been in Canada, so the mm. fact that 20 bucks is kind of an odd choice. It's such a weird nominal amount. I mean, 20 bucks is not a huge increase, but it's still kind of a weird choice when it's already like two years old now. Not to mention, currently, you can only get a PS5 in a bundle with Horizon. Yeah. Um, so the price is already increased by 70 bucks because you have a game code that you can't choose to not get with it. Yeah. Um, so that's already a factor in play. It's um, very niche. I don't get it. That $20 so, is going to make the world of difference between like how many units get shipped and how many like don't. They need that $20 to make more PS5s, guys. Don't you get yeah. it? Twenty dollars, <laughs> like when when the system costs like nine hundred bucks after tax here in Canada or Ontario, it is with our tax rates. Um, I do want to. I do want to say that it's an odd choice considering components have gotten cheaper. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. things when the PS5 first launched, components were facing a crunch. There was a lot of demand for what you were getting, and there was just simply not enough supply to go around. Now, as it's getting older the GPU market is no longer facing the crypto uh, crunch that everyone was buying up every single chip possible. CPUs are more available. Everything's more available and becoming cheaper. Why is it now? Sony's like, yeah, now's the time to increase the price. And yeah, like it just feels to me like it's just gonna be bad press for them. Like a stain on the reputation that doesn't need to be there because like, yeah, well, we'll we'll get to the bigger reputation in a minute with some of the other stuff that's going on with them. But um, just like like it feels like it's just bad press, like yeah, like to, yeah. to come out and, and and say, oh, we're up in the price by twenty bucks. But that doesn't really get you much more. Prices are coming down anyways, and it's already worth so much anyways. So like, what are you really achieving with this? Like, why would you like considering that like Microsoft has like never made a profit on their on their console sales? Yeah, like they always eat like a like a loss on every console they've ever sold, basically. That, and so has Sony for most of their history, I believe, right? Yeah. Or at least in the last few generations. I think um, Meta or, or Facebook kind of opened the door to this when they increased the price of the headset. And they made it the same like, hey, 
that's a thing you can do now. You can just raise prices randomly. And I think whereas Xbox and Nintendo, at least for now, um, didn't take the bait, Sony did. And I don't mm-hmm. know why. Well, they, they're going to need money to pay for that lawsuit that they're embroiled in. <laughs> Maybe that's the whole reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, shit. So, yeah, yeah, that brings us to the other part of the topic there. Um, Sony's facing a class action lawsuit in the UK yeah. um, for accusations of price gouging. Well, not mm-hmm. so much accusations. It's pretty much there. So in our story on the website, you can see the comparison between the North American PlayStation Store and the UK Store for The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, which costs sixty nine ninety nine. Uh, I believe that's the U.S. dollar uh, for the standard edition, or also sixty nine ninety nine pounds uh, in the U.K. store. Pound sterling. Pound, that just doesn't it doesn't correlate that way. <laughs> um, so they are facing a five billion yeah. pound uh, class action lawsuit. I mean, uh, I, I, we were saying this before the podcast. I don't see this going all that far. I might be wrong. I see them probably settling because classification lawsuits, when they're this massive, usually result in every person that bought a PlayStation Five or bought a place game on PlayStation gets five dollars or five pounds back. So it'll probably work out itself out to a few, probably a hundred million or so total, um, maybe. And that's that's if all those people actually. Mm-hmm redeem it and that's the thing i guess you should be like you have to claim it within this like four month window and if you don't you don't get it so they put this money aside if someone does claim it but usually it doesn't work out to be that much like i think i did that when microsoft had its said they had some lawsuit that they were gouging windows or something like that and in the end i earned like three dollars i'm like cool <laughs> why not did you spend it all in one place though oh yeah all one place <laughs> immediately you gotta make it last. It's I mean, yeah. it was, it's such a big windfall. How could I not? <laughs> yeah, that's really might been Microsoft's t- uh, territory traditionally, traditionally to kind of do this kind of thing. They've yeah. had a lot of that in the uh, the '90s for sure. Um, yeah, maybe they'll uh, give everybody twenty dollars so they had to jack up the price by twenty dollars. Yeah, I mean, like that. honestly, I don't know if the lawsuit's going to go somewhere, but it does. It does work. It is worth talking about the fact that prices should be unified across the board. If you if you happen to be buying a game in Britain, you shouldn't be paying twenty dollars more than you're buying it in the U.S. or Canada. It should mm-hmm. basically work itself out based on exchange rates, especially with digital storefronts. I do think the kind of the claims that how dare Sony take a cut of the sale? That's stupid because you're selling a game, you're maintaining a storefront, you have to earn a cut of those sales. That makes sense. Uh, should they jack the price up to do so? No. Absolutely not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, given the price increase and uh, in, the, in this lawsuit case, that brings us to the third kind of subtopic for them this week. The, they've announced that the PSVR 2 will be out early next year. So what price point are we kind of thinking that's going to run at? I mean, it's going to be at least $20 more than it was originally going to cost. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, exactly. laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm my guess it's going to be four or 500 bucks. I think they're going to try to hit close to what uh, like the Rift is or the mm-hmm. Quest. Um, it depends how aggressive Sony wants to be. Do they want to kind of go head-to-head against um, Facebook and kind of make it so their headset is a little cheaper, a little bit cooler, a little bit more modern? Maybe 
but Sony has always been kind of known as a premium brand and it depends on, I guess, which faction inside Sony wins. Is it the faction that wants to see people, everyone in the world have one or is it the faction that is going to want to just get as much profit you can from each sale? And I just don't know because it seems like Sony is a very weird place right now. They are trying to kind of play both sides, um, trying to get every single person in the world to buy PlayStation products, but also to try to get take every fan of PlayStation for everything that they're worth. So we'll see. Yeah, because I, I believe the PSVR Iron Man combo that's like still available now is like four forty nine, and that's like mm-hmm. everything you need and a software. So I kind of depends on what they bundle with the system. Like if there's a software bundle, if there's just like a, if it's just a straight up headset and that's it. Um, yeah, it'll not cheaper. Is, even the uh, even just like I'm just looking now too. Even just like the basic bundle that kind of like includes just the headset, two move controllers, and the little eye toy, like is you know roughly four hundred and thirty nine dollars, and that's ten dollars off at Best Buy right now. So like, I guess if it was just if the headset was isolated on its own and you don't and it like kind of like you don't need like move controllers and all that stuff like that to go with it, then yeah, I feel like maybe the competitive price would be like around 250 maybe 300 dollars but even that still feels um expensive like for people who already either like like are trying to get their hands on a playstation and now have to pay you know 500 dollars even just for a digital version of the Mm -hmm. of the ps5 and then you know to throw an extra you know 250 to 300 dollars on top of that for something that still is pretty gimmicky like i don't know i don't um I think anything anything more than like yeah like like two hundred is just gonna make is probably just gonna put people off. I think it's gonna be more than two hundred, but I don't know how much more. Um, mm-hmm. It's really hard to say because, as I said, Sony is kind of all over the place with what it does. It's just it's something you said earlier kind of had me thinking. There, like, I, I wonder how scared they are of Facebook and Meta and I mean, sphere. I don't. Uh, the Oculus Oculus Quest is it Meta Quest? I forget what it is. Meta now. Quest, oh, Meta Quest, the, the, the yeah. Zucker Quest. <laughs> I don't, That's I the think, game that comes with the Meta Quest. No one needs that. Uh, <laughs> I, think move, I think every move Meta is doing, they're kind of alienating the um, gaming audience. I think they've tried to like they were trying to make it like this marketplace that it's a new marketplace they've never touched on before and less about the games. And I feel that that's kind of pushing people away from it. Um, but it also doesn't need a system. You don't need the, you don't need the um, a PC to use the meta quest. Whereas the PS, uh, the PlayStation VR two, you will need a, you will need a PlayStation five. So that's a new, as a bigger barrier to entry. So I, I don't know what the market for VR is right now. I think it has potential, uh, but it's still kind of a mess. Yeah, Facebook has this like insurmountable user base technically, then and that they have all the Facebook users out there that they can easily market to and push this thing towards. Whereas the PS5 is an obvious tech hurdle. But at the same time, Meta that software they keep showing around, like whatever like if it's is that meta, the the, the social space in there or whatever, that thing looks like PlayStation Home. Mm-hmm. And Sony did that ten years ago. Yeah, and this is the I, best that like Meta can come up with now in 2022. I w- I, w- I was going to bring that point up. Whereas the thing Meta is trying to push right now is something that Sony 
tried in the PS3 era, and that thing tanked. No one cared. Mm-hmm. Do, we, do we need that back? No. no. Do we need Do we need a game that looks like it's from that time period? Lord, no. So I have no idea what they're doing with that. It, it doesn't even look like that time period. Like that first uh, screenshot that Zuckerberg sent out of himself of his avatar or whatever. Yeah. Like people are photoshopping onto like Nintendo sixty four box art. Like <laughs> it, yeah, it, it looked accurate. <laughs> um, I just yeah no like they they yeah. Sorry, it's it's weird. I I just I really don't know what's going to happen to VR. I think. Um, Zucks is the wrong person to have it in control of, and I don't know if Sony is going to put enough effort into it to make it anything major beyond a kind of a niche item. Um, PlayStation's had a lot of accessories, and I think the PSVR is the, one of the few that actually did well-ish. I just don't think it's a, an accessory that has ever gotten mainstream appeal, and I still don't think it will. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't a complete failure can't yeah. really call it that um no. how, how big of a success it was is a different story yeah uh great yeah. comment in but, our chat actually uh <laughs> toaster says i uh, play a wide variety of games but just don't see a vr appeal yeah and i think that well, kind of sums up the mindset of a lot of gamers and, yeah. and and i can't i can't help but feel a little bit too because like the psvr kind of came out in a time when it seemed like VR was the next mm-hmm. evolution of gaming. There was this massive boom, like HTC had, like, had just like put out the Vive and like, like I think was it like the Oculus 2 or th- 3 had come out? The Rift. was Oh, the, that's right. The Rift had just come out. So like, I think, v, like, I think because a lot of people in like media and like games media too was saying like VR is the next big thing, Sony jumped on that. And probably to its own detriment because, yeah, like it just, um, you know, and I've said this multiple times, like just in terms of what you can make in a VR game, like it's a little too restricting, like the, 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 the initial illusion of that kind of like, um, that kind of like, you know, immersion is neat, but it does kind of wear off after a time, especially if you kind of just like, are sitting down at a, like at a uh, you know in a chair with a controller your controllers in your hand like you know there are th- things there are obstacles right so I don't know it's just like yeah like the idea that you can just kind of look around and see things and you have that that depth perception is cool at first but that's like how do you build a really good game a- around it like outside of you know some of the the more like um, cult examples like Half Life Alex and that's the only one I can think of. I can't even yeah. think of a game beyond Half-Life Alex. Really and even, I feel like even Alex, I would probably just get like annoyed with at a certain point just, and just want to yeah. be playing it with a controller like a normal Half-Life game. Mm-hmm. I agree. The, the The biggest thing I can say for VR in my limited experiences with it is like it's not even a technology that's even available or could be available in any no, know, it's like, not. reasonable time is the there's places that do like a hollow deck type of experience mm-hmm. so I, okay. I i went to a to a place locally that did like a whole simulation in a big wide open room but that had props that right. were enabled to be with sensors and stuff so like you picked up this like two by four thing and it turned to a torch in the game um, and that tried, was really cool i've tried yeah. things like that and they are neat but they're neat for a very limited time like i never want to yeah I've never wanted to be like, I want to do that every day. It's like, I did that once. I'm Imagine good. Skyrim like that. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, it's like laser yeah. tech. It's a cool concept, but you mm-hmm. don't want to do it that often. You yeah. want to be like, that was a cool thing I did for an hour. I'm done now, and I don't need to yeah. do it again. For the well, next and, party. 
and and that's a that's a really good example i think too because like it also does highlight the 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 one of the issues with vr is that like something like that where like it's sort of like a combo of you know vr and ar um it only works if you have the space to do it and most people don't have like dedicated gaming spaces where they can set up a big like vr rig, like like the the htc vive for example i love the vive i was like the biggest like cheerleader for the vibe when it first came out but it's like realistically how many people have just a big open room that they could set up sensors okay that isn't that don't own <laughs> an office, office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is it is not a technology designed for people that live in small in big cities because yeah. if you don't unless you're very wealthy you probably don't have a big space i mean well, like, it's it's or it's, like like event spaces make sense Mm-hmm. most people don't have that uh, well i was gonna say too it's 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 part of the reason too why that whole mario kart like living room experience never took off mm-hmm. right because yeah. most people just don't have like have space in their house to design their own mario kart tracks and race little carts around all the time yeah another great puff toaster there toaster there that uh, there's potential for games like sea of thieves that would be awesome to grind for hours on a vr but even that's not something that a lot of people would want to do daily yeah it's and, and I, I feel like that's 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 dependent too if you only stay yeah. on the boat how do you go out and explore the like the land you know yeah i mean it's like if you're just said, if you just want a boating experience then vr would work really well for that like that like, being said like, i think if anything's gonna like push vr to the next level i think it might be the kind of power that the ps5 has mm-hmm. um okay. we still don't know anything about the software really that's going to be include like playable on the psvr2 like we saw some trailers and stuff recently but that's it like there's not even really been much gameplay per se yeah. Yeah. um so it's like and then even then it's going to take developers some time to really play with the technology and really see what it can do and what they can push it to do and all, everything like that so i mean zuckerberg's not gonna be the one to really push vr forward no. but, um <laughs> <laughs> I think Sony's barely... got a chance if anyone does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely makes more sense for them to be playing around in this space than to be playing around in the portable space anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. No, Nintendo's got that pretty wrapped up. <laughs> so, I was thinking about that earlier because when the PSVR started, I think the Vita was still active. I uh, kind of was active. Yep. The Vita was still around. So then now with between the Vita being what it was and the Switch being what it is, uh, I think they're wise to be playing around in this space instead because no one's going to be pushing the tech forward as far as they can necessarily. Yeah, so. yeah well, that's uh, that's how things are over in Sony land. Mm. Yeah. Well, do we want to, before we fully wrap up there, do we want to talk about the cool Pro Controller they announced? Joy? Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. GameStop um, Life. I saw so that, that but I didn't thing. really get a good look at the controller. It's just like an elite controller for the PlayStation, and that's something people have been asking for. Also, it's something that people, especially with uh, kind of accessibility needs, the fact that you can map different buttons to like the back triggers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's great. You don't have the finger dexterity that me as an old person has problems with. Um, I'm an old, uh, but. <laughs> Really not, but you know, you, you know. <laughs> I mean. uh, but it is something that does help, especially when you might not have whatever reason the ability to like hold that run stick in for a long time, things like that. Mm-hmm. I think 
Pro Controller gives a new level of accessibility for controllers. And I think it's great to see that it is coming to PlayStation. It may be not exactly the same as what Xbox has, but it's something that is a step forward. And I, I love to see that. That could be a good thing because uh, the Elite uh, controller does not have a great reputation. <laughs> um, I mean, I like it. I, I gave it a good review when we reviewed it here at CG Magazine, which you definitely can read up if you want to. You totally can. Uh, but I've heard from a lot of consumers and stuff that it breaks pretty easily, or at least the first generation did. I don't know if the data is there for the second generation yet. But mm. uh, I mean, I think I've heard offhand remarks that it has broken a lot. Uh, so hopefully it's the new dual sense is not like the elite in that regard. Um, but yeah, this was like, I, I was very excited by the possibilities when I first read about it. And the more I read about it, the more I was like, well, this isn't necessarily for me, but uh, the accessibility is a great point though. That is something that um, we definitely need to see more of in the market. Mm-hmm. I agree. Not That's quite all as uh, slender, really. As I, I, I thought it'd be a little more of a slick design, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's still pretty. Yeah, in it's line pretty, with. Yeah, wasn't quite what I was expecting. <laughs> and the and the little oh, yeah. like the little LEDs are in a different position now. I think. I mean, why wouldn't they be? Wasn't the first gen kind of on the top or something or on the bottom? What am I thinking of here? I don't know. I can't uh, I remember. I've, I've 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 scarcely held one of these controllers in my hands. No, no. Okay, they were on the side. I think I think I love the like the PS5 Pro or the PS4 Pro controller that had the little light bar on the top, as a part as opposed to like being on the top of the controller. I don't think I ever saw that one. <laughs> but that sounds like a choice. <clears throat> um. Yeah, a little bit of actually first-hand experience from the Elite in the chat there. One lasted a year and a half, but only for a few months with the right bumper being the thing both times. Yeah, that sounds like a common problem, actually, the bumper. I've heard that one specifically. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, all controllers kind of are having some problems these days. Like, I've heard of parts even of the PS5 standard DualSense having thumbstick drift. Which they did, like, maybe not as bad as the Joy-Cons, but still a thing that, that is going yeah. on. <laughs> Nothing's as bad as those Joy-Cons. Actually, my, my dual sense gave me some grief the other day. The, the battery was almost dead, and like the auto tracking in Destiny was like being all over the place and had me terrified for a minute. I don't want to replace mine. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, moving on to some other uh, non Sony franchises. Uh, so, we have some big sales numbers recently for a couple, well, mostly new franchises. Um, Elden Ring's one of them. It, it being called, being called out a new franchise, even though it is heavily it's a new franchise from a like older, like a developer that's well established. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is Dark Souls, but it is also yeah. not Dark Souls. Well, that's yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Like, I don't know, I don't know if it's apt to call it a new franchise. But it just, I guess, it's just a part of the franchise that is like the Soulsborne series. Like, I like in so far that yeah, I guess like you know, Dark Souls is its own franchise, Bloodborne is its own franchise, but they all exist under that one umbrella. I would I wouldn't call like any one of those games like their own game the way that like, you know, Mario Kart is its own franchise <laughs> compared to like Mario, you know, or like they are all almost identical games. <laughs> I I think there's a deeper 
uh, way you play in Elden Ring compared to Dark Souls. I think it's a different experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the combat and the way that the, the different elements they've kind of put together work do make it something special. Uh, but it does if fundamentally it, yeah, they're fundamentally, all very similar. <laughs> they're all the same basically. Yeah, yeah. It's called Dark Souls, the Elden Ring, ringing. And yeah, we, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Sure, it's fine. If you that. see that you died, you know it's <laughs> <laughs> stop. You've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Elden Ring has posted 16 million units sold so far, which uh, nice. It's a big number in itself, but uh, when you compare it to something like uh, Breath of the Wild, which is like the biggest thing on Switch, well, not the not the biggest thing. Mario Kart's bigger, but uh, yeah. Breath of the Wild has, for example, sold twenty seven million dollars or units since uh, twenty seventeen. So, really, kind of puts it in perspective <laughs> that uh, Elden Ring has gone this far in six months now, seven months. Yeah. Oh. Wait. I don't know. I'm really bad at math <laughs> and calendars. You know what? That's I, it's it's crazy because I was gonna say it's it's twenty eight mil now. Twenty eight million. Yeah, okay. twenty eight million as of twenty twenty two. But then I was looking because I was kind of thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, there's got to be one that's close. And I was like, I was like, I, I, Animal Crossing did really good numbers too. It's uh, it's I think I, I don't know if it's got the if I can get the full number set lifetime as of twenty twenty one was 38 million really yeah damn so that's yeah so i was thinking because i was like i knew for if something it's just something to me i was like i know breath of the wild did good but i could have swore animal crossing did better because it was yeah. really backed up by the pandemic i mean also it's just a, such a fun game to just play yeah it's true they're both i mean i still loves me some animal crossing yeah, uh, Mario Kart Eight has forty six point eight two million uh, units sold on on the Switch only. Actually, <laughs> um, uh, let's just see what's comparable here. It was, I thought I saw too that. Um, well, yeah, no, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak did like that was like a couple days ago. It just it just surpassed four million. That was just really? the DLC. So I think, uh, according to Statista, I mean those of, are not always accurate, but it's a good starting point at least. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's saying uh, I guess we, we can say roughly uh, ten point three million, which is pretty. I would say is pretty admirable for a Monster Hunter game. It's yeah, a fairly niche yeah. game. We kind of fall into a trap of comparing uh, Elden Ring to Switch sales here, just because of one point <laughs> that Phil made in his article about it. <laughs> so, um, uh, but it does bring me to another point uh, another one i wanted to bring up that's done pretty well uh kirby in the forgotten land is sitting at uh, about 4.353 million okay. uh, units yeah. sold in about the same it came out around like a month after elden ring mm-hmm. um and that's done that's a pretty good showing it gets on par to become the best in this current the kirby series yeah for too long which uh, sakurai even kind of admitted mm-hmm. to today and mm-hmm. they did a video on his new youtube channel um, but the other one that we want to mention to really draw attention to was Cult of the Lamb. Uh, that's the yeah. big indie oh, yeah, hit of the last month. Um, and that's broken uh, 1 million units sold uh, last week. That's doing well for Devolver, I have to say that. Yeah, this one, I haven't checked it out yet. Have, have either of you played it yet? I've played a bit of it. I really enjoy it. It is kind of a soul's light, I guess would be the best way to describe mm-hmm. it. It has kind of, it's like if you had Animal Crossing 
and you had Dark Souls, and you're like, what if those two games were together? That's, that's yeah, that's literally that. how everyone's been describing I have it. an apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, boom. That's basically, yeah, that's pretty much, Brendan's right on the money there. It's like, it's how everyone's describing it online. It's just like, yeah. what if Dark Souls met uh, Animal Crossing? Yeah. I think it's weirdly dark, but also weirdly fun, funny. Yeah. It's tongue in cheek. Yeah. It is tongue in cheek. It's very much tongue in cheek. There's a lot more um, poop than I thought would be involved in a game like this. <laughs> And honestly, that's what kind of what's turning me off of actually trying it out is that I heard there's you spend a lot of time just shoveling poop, and it's like I can wait for them to kind of patch that. Maybe Apparently, it's very useful. <laughs> yeah, it's just, well, frankly, I've been busy playing other things on the Switch, but like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, because my, my time's been pretty um, divided between like, um, you know, Monster Hunter. I just like I have not stopped with Monster Hunter since I got Sunbreak. Um, and um, Animal Crossing. I had to do all the Fortnite stuff to get all my Dragon Ball Z stuff right. done. Um, hmm. And that's kind of been it. Like I kind of, you know what? But then I started going back. I started replaying, or not replaying. I started. I went back to uh, Garden Story again recently, and I forgot how great that game was. Um, I started playing Tinykin, which uh, is really cool, and there will be a review on the website about that very soon. Um, so, yeah, it's been a lot of really cool indie stuff on my plate lately. Yeah, I can't say I've actually talked into too much lately for that, but um, mm-hmm. Call to the Lamb's been pulling me, though. <laughs> yeah, say. Have you played it all? No, no, I haven't yet. No, I've 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 heard a few people talking about it, like on various podcasts. I think and stuff it's, like that, it's but... also on, I think is it on Game Pass or no? I think it is. If it is, you should play it because you have an Xbox that appeared in your possession at some point. It did. Uh, Game Pass is run out though. <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should figure that something with that. Well, we'll talk, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's just. That's it. Seems really seems very suited to the Switch or Steam Deck. At yeah, least, uh, I, I've heard that. I've I've been playing on the Xbox, but you know. Oh, you know what? Uh, we're wrong. It's apparently it's not going to Game Pass. Oh, it's not okay. That's too bad. It's a it's a purchase That's... only. But um, hmm. I, I was gonna say it's like it's it, it just do it like, as much as I want to play it because it looks really cool. It looks like it has a, a great sense of style, and I just like you know I when Devolver puts their name on a game, like you trust it right away. Like they are synonymous with quality. Um, but it's like the same way that I kind of started playing Cozy Grove and I was like, do I need another Animal Crossing? Like, <laughs> but I think yeah. maybe the different, cause I don't think that, I don't think Cult of the Lamb works on a real time clock. So that was the only thing about Cozy Grove that I was kind of like, I, like I can't, two games that I have to like micromanage and, and, and schedule around and they're on real time right. clocks. Like it's just, it's not going to do it for me. No, I get that. Um, honestly, Cult of the Lamb is such a light experience. If you have like three, four hours, it's fun. It's not that mm-hmm. complex. It's it's just kind of a enjoyable experience. You can kind of dive into and walk away from. Uh, but I can definitely, I can definitely see why it sold so well. It has that kind of good mix of cute and dark that makes mm-hmm. it edgy but also fun. Um. But also, I just, I'm glad to see games that are new IPs do well. Yeah, absolutely. A market that basically it favors like like sequels, and this is something I've 
been talking about since like back in like early days of CG Magazine, sequels are what a lot of companies put a lot of their heavy weight behind. And I really like seeing when things that are not just the sequel or not just like the ninth game in a franchise do well and actually do catch people's attention. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 yeah, it's kind of like what I was, what I was saying last week too, right? Like just like being fatigued with the AAA industry because so much of it is like very safe, um, like calculated decisions. Like here's a sequel, here's a remake, here's a remaster, whatever. Like even recently too, just reading about how apparently the, the saints row, remaster is like nobody's enjoying not, it because it's, it's like a remaster it's a, it's a full on it's, it's like, a full on remake sorry yeah that's what i meant you could be you could be tricked into thinking it's a remaster yeah. it's not <laughs> it's a remaster or remake it is a new game in that has the same name as saints row yeah but people are not happy and we know everyone's no one's like enjoying it. it and and just like recently i have just been sort of like looking a little bit more to mm-hmm. like the indie space like you know critical as I, as I have been towards it um like it's you're like you're, you're you're still like you're able to find so many unique ideas made by people who like were like who grew up on the same stuff we did who like knew like kind of like grew up with the classics and they want to make stuff like that it was something that I I, I put it in my review I'm, I'm not going to talk about it too much but um okay. about tinykin because I like I I had kind of seen a little thing a little bit about tinykin um it's it when you play it it feels kind of like pikmin kind of like banjo kazooie but it's not like <laughs> there's, it, a, there's, it, there's a mashup no. yeah no <laughs> this is what i mean but it's like but it, it, it and i said it in my review it doesn't feel like a game that was designed by imitation it was designed okay. by inspiration it kind of takes those two like gameplay styles of like you know having this like multitude of these little guys who follow you around and you sort of use them to complete tasks but you also have these like really big open areas to explore and there's all these little nooks and crannies and secrets to find and it's like it does its own unique thing with it, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like well, this i'm playing like little king story where it was just it was just straight up pikmin and it worked but it was just straight mm-hmm. up like well, it was a little king story kind of a dark pikmin uh, co- dark comedy. It was. It was <clears throat> again. It was tongue in cheek. That's fun. <laughs> but it's not, it's it still had a very cutesy design. Like it's like thematically, it's kind of dark. Um, but like it's it was cute in its execution. Um, yeah. Like this doesn't this doesn't feel like either one of those like those games. Like it kind of took ideas from it and then sort of made them their own, and it works in its own little way. And like that's so like I, like the whole time I was playing, I just, like I could not put it down. Like, and it's 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 good to see more games like that. Games that like you know take ideas and inspiration from like mm-hmm. the classics or like, and then find ways to do their own unique things with them, right? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think a lot people are trying and actually jumping in uh, games that might not have had. The, like they, they might not have had the like spotlight on them previously, and I think that's it's mm-hmm. partially because of like streamers and new people, new creators yeah. that are kind of giving exposure to these ex- experiences. That honestly, a lot of gaming sites just don't have the resources, the manpower to cover everything that comes out. So when a week you have like five reviewers, you have to kind of allocate in twenty games, things are going to be left out. And I'm glad to see that even games that mainstream media might not jump on right away are getting the exposure and are getting people to buy them. 
Yeah, because Call of the Lamb kind of skated by a lot of people or kind of slipped by at least. Did, like, yeah. Um, and now everyone's kind of circling back on it. Like, I think this kind of didn't this kind of have a Stardew Valley to you. Like, it had a oh, yeah, yeah, it definitely timid did, launch, and then there was mm-hmm. like, wait, wait a minute, let's go back. Yeah, not the biggest game ever. Uh, I know we reviewed it back uh, back when it was on PC. Jake uh, back in the day did it, and that re- our review of the original PC version is still on the Steam page. But since then, it's just gained such a massive following. People have entire careers on YouTube just playing Stardew Valley, and that's showing how massive that game has become. Yeah, actually, something else I was thinking of, too, is that when you mentioned uh, Devolver and Indies and stuff, like, Devolver's kind of become a category to itself, where it's not quite indie, because it's, you know, Devolver's got some backing behind it. I think Sony owns 5% of Devolver, just as a thing I found out the other day. Oh, do they? Oh, shit, I didn't Yeah, I I think it's 5% of uh, shares owned by Sony. Yeah, it's like they, they uh, yeah, they, they are to a point. They're like, they're big enough to almost be considered, uh, like triple A, like double A. I think they're just a major studio that does indie games. It's it's like when, India uh, Ubisoft did some indie games back in the day. Mm-hmm. Devolver is basically well, what happens if you never do a major release and all you do are the indie games. Yeah, because that's a, that's like, what yeah, I was gonna say. It's like, oh, so go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, um, I, I, I don't think you can call anything they, they do really AAA because AAA yeah. has certain standards of spectacle and budget that these just games just don't. Mm-hmm. But like, just even looking through their library of stuff that they've done, they're just the big ones that everyone knows about. There's also a lot of like very small experimental things that they've that they published. Um, you know, for every uh, Hotline Miami, there's yeah. or all the Ollie World, there's one on here called space plan i've never heard of <laughs> like, yeah titan um, souls was kind of a small one too i remember getting that, that on was, uh that was neat that was neat, it I, don't was neat. Ever, I don't think it worked fully but it was neat um yeah like i, I was i was just gonna say like they, they yeah even maybe calling them like a double a studio is like a better thing because it's like they 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 have the size but they like every game they put out is like very grounded in like Mm-hmm. like indie sensibilities you know it's like it, it really does feel like more about like yeah showcasing like unique ideas like even like looking back at like my friend pedro like my friend pedro is such a simple concept but they do so much like unique cool stuff with it like messenger one of my favorites katana zero was really cool yeah ape out is like what that's like a like a three-hour game <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think there's a space for more unique experiences and it's great to see Devolver and all the other publishers out there that are giving exposure to these games and are kind of pushing them out there where otherwise they might never be seen or be put out to like only get a few people and it takes such a long time for that developer to ever make that money back. So mm-hmm. I love to see it and I'm just the fact that Cult of the Lamb did so well and the fact that Elden Ring not being Dark Souls, not being Bloodborne, something new, also doing well. And there's so yeah. many games like that. And I think that's well, what this industry needs is more innovation and more new things pushing the bar and doing new doing new ideas in new ways. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, and I was just about to say too, um, like even in, in the case of Elden Ring, like like the Souls series too, like. It, you know, as as well known as it is, I would still say it's a, still a pretty like um, like 
obtuse culty kind yeah. of game like yeah like it has a loyal fan base but like it's not it's not going to have the same kind of mass appeal like a halo is going to have or like something like that like that you I'm know it's, it it's these sales numbers say otherwise it this well, is no longer a niche game and and that's what i mean it's that's why it's so surprised that, that that's, yep. this game reached so many people and people were interested and got into it and and even maybe yep. decided to stay with it because like yeah like a game like dark souls like i know a lot of people who have who have said to me like i couldn't like they even like looking at elden ring saying that they wanted to play it but yep. they kind of like were aware that it was like a kind of like a dark souls game and they were like they were put off by like knowing yeah. how difficult it was going to be right i think chris chris uh chris here was one of them 100 mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah so that's what yeah. i mean like if even before that game launched you were just talking about how like yeah that's not for me it's, that's, it looks I, cool. I had zero interest until i got to saw the first reactions to like people playing it um that being said like i went out and bought it i gave it a shot uh, I have not finished it or gotten very far, but I also didn't bounce immediately off of like I did with Dark Souls 3 mm-hmm. uh, I think a month Dark before Souls, Elden Ring came out. The Dark Souls franchise is obtuse, and that's a problem for bringing in players. And I think yeah. Elden Ring did a lot of things to make the early game possible. The open world nature of it made it so you could jump in as hardcore as you want to, or play it as cheesy as you want to as well. Find like the yeah. weird weapon in this weird like old carts and actually do weird things like the killing of the um uh the big dragon or doing any of this stuff like you could that's what made this game so accessible is you could do it any way you wanted it to yeah and then actually like that's a good point for the or for the for how, how good its sales have been too is that you know it's sold 16 million copies in yeah. six months or whatever despite being almost as obtuse as uh, a series that yeah. has turned a lot of people away over the years. Yeah. Like cause, it's, cause it's it, still unforgiving. Like it's not a uh, 100%. I might, I might, I might go so far to say that like, that's the one thing that I think from soft is like good about like they, you know, continuing the souls series fairly aware that it's, reaches a very small audience like they could try to move on to things that's like that'll be a little bit more like um you know for everyone a little bit more um accessible i guess but they don't right they're committed to their vision and they like deliver it and it's uh yeah it's it's like it's it's really um it's really nice to see it's really inspiring (laughs) i 100 percent agree that being said i would also be very curious to see how it would have done if it wasn't carried by the dark souls pedigree or George think R- a lot R- of as well yeah that, that too. too although i keep forgetting he's involved in it because it doesn't really show that much i mean <laughs> i think the storyline does it's it's bonkers in ways so you know i, I could see uh, him involved in that storyline mm-hmm. but then again who knows i do want to before we wrap up though i do want to I, I put it in the chat um it seems like the Bioshock movie is actually moving forward on Netflix. Oh, finally. It'll be directed by Francis Lawrence. I am legend, the hunger games, catching fire and slumberland, uh, slumberland, uh, from a script by Michael Greer, Michael green, Logan, blade runner and American gods. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Francis Lawrence did pretty good job with, uh, well, two of the two things on that list of, that I've seen. Uh, yeah. I Am Legend of Hunger Games, Catching Fire specifically. I have never seen Slumberland, so I cannot say on that yeah. one. But 
Never uh, heard Michael of Green with uh, Logan and um, Blade Runner mm-hmm. 2049. Those are two fantastic films. Um, so I'm hoping it means good things for the for the movie. But yeah. uh, that movie's been yeah. since... I remember when Neil Blomkamp was going to direct that at one yep. time. What was it, like yeah. 2012 or something? Yeah. He was going to work, that was before he was going to work on the Halo Pro. It was a lot going on, but then they yeah. didn't want to make it an R rating. I just remember there's so much back and forth of that movie, and then it just never happened. But it, apparently it's happening on the um, anniversary of Bioshock, so that's kind of cool. It is pretty cool. I'm now I'm just sad that Neil Blomkamp's not doing it because <laughs> that would have been <laughs> that would have been, really been a great cool. choice for that. <laughs> I think that would have been an amazing choice for the game. Um, then again, I think he's had a mixed uh, career. I think District Nine was great. Mm-hmm. I did not like Chappie. I uh, Deanne, I never watched it. I didn't need them in an entire movie. They're 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 a thing. <laughs> um. So you know. It could be cool. I'm really skeptical because it's a story that already is really well done in the game. And I don't really know mm-hmm. if they're going to do anything more in the movie that's going to separate itself out beyond just, hey, it's a different way to experience that storyline. Uh, maybe they will, but I'm not holding my breath at this moment. Yeah. Uh, great point in the chat once again from our friend Toaster oh, Marvel. There you go. <laughs> who, uh, thanks for the cheering, by the way. That's uh, That's fantastic. Um, points out that Netflix did Arcane good justice. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, Arcane well, was fantastic. I loved uh, what they did there. Uh, I was gonna, I, I was gonna say too that it's. It, I think we mentioned it before on a podcast that, like, so far most of the like video game adaptations on Netflix have been pretty good. Like, Witcher was really good. Arcane was solid. Um, I know people have mixed thoughts about the Resident Evil show, but. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I, I suspect there might be other issues behind that one too. But uh, again, I haven't seen it either, but I know there's a few things that would flag a certain kind of reaction that <laughs> might be at play there. Um, Netflix overall, though, it's like there's a great meme going around of uh, every every time Netflix makes a show, the gods flip a coin <laughs> to see if it's good <laughs> or bad. Like, like the Targaryens on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, or to see if it survives either, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, the biggest thing with Netflix is for every great show, there's like 10 others that are just horrible. There's like uh, three bad yeah. ones and five other ones they just phoned in a translation of from some yeah, like, market and just so, shoved out there. I mean, I hope they do really good things. I, I really like The Sandman. I think they did a great job there. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring that up, actually. Yeah. yeah I think uh, Umbrella Academy is great. Um, And I, I don't. Heard, well, I and I, I I know I've heard mixed things about Dragon's Dogma. Castlevania was. I liked. I, I liked. I liked Castlevania. I liked uh, Dota. Dragon's Dogma. I thought was bad. Yeah. I'm really not a fan well, of the weird, bad CGI anime thing that looks like. And, and this looks weirdly stilted. Cool. Yeah, I know, and I know you're very you're very mixed on this, but I really enjoyed the Cuphead show too. Like, I thought they did a great I job with Cuphead. Think it was fine. I just. <laughs> It was too simple, and there was no through line to make it. So it was a show more, more I, than just. I, I don't know. I didn't think it needed one. I just it really worked but for me. It, it it was felt like the old Merry Melodies type cartoon. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, they were fine. 
but they had no depth. It had nothing that if you're an adult, you could yeah. just eat into. Like, and and you know what? And it did things, and, and every at the end of the episode, it always said, "Fine, yeah. sure, whatever." <laughs> and 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 it's still, and we still have Sonic Prime coming to Netflix that we're uh, sure that we're uh, we're hoping is going to be good. Um, the the snippets were kind of interesting. Yeah, but, uh, we'll see what a final product looks like. Well, was there, wasn't um, there one more that they had? I can't remember. Oh, uh, what was it? They're doing um, Shenmue. They're doing the, the, the Shenmue anime. Oh yeah, anime. they are doing that. No, that's that. No, that is not Netflix. That is. Oh, was it on Netflix? Yeah. It's Crunchyroll. I thought it was a Netflix. I, I forgot they were that. someone was adapting that movie, that game to begin with, and that's just going to be five hours long and nothing happens. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to work in real time. You have to wait for the store to open before you can go and like. <laughs> There's a ten minute forklift sequence, and yeah. you have to wait five years for the next one to come out, and then fifteen for the next one if we, if we crowdsource it. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it was. That's right. It was an Adult Swim thing. That's why. That's why I was seeing like commercials for it. That makes sense. That's right. And then they turn around and do something like the Gray Man, which again I haven't watched that one, but the not. Sort of bad. you bad. The Gray Man. Um, gray Man. Yeah, they threw uh, a bunch of stars at the wall to see what stuck. Kind of like what they did with Red Notice, um, where they had the. <laughs> The Rock and I feel Ryan that Reynolds and Gal Gadot literally is, and, they said, "Hey, who can we get for this movie?" And they said, "We got these people. Like, do we have a script? Nah, we'll wing it. We got this." And they it's did. fine. We'll just I mean, people just want to see the stars. They don't care about that storylines. And Chris Evans is CIA man who does is a CIA and Ryan Gosling. They are both hot CIA people. Yeah, well, what do you want to, in a movie? <laughs> got the end game characters to do it too. I do like hot people, so that's fair. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah. what more do you want? <laughs> hot people. Substance? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Just hot Ryans and Chris's. I want Glow Season 4. That's what I want, damn it. I really want them to finish that, that show. They, they're supposed to do a movie to finish it off, and I have yeah. no idea what's going with that. I just yeah, I just, just plowed through um, Final Space, and I was genuinely surprised at how good it was. Yeah. Um, because like the trailers, like the like when I initially saw the trailers for like just running like on like you know the front page of Netflix, I yeah. was kind of like, this looks dumb, and this looks like it's maybe trying to be like Rick and Morty ish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, but then like watching it, like it was so super good. And then yeah, be, like, I think I, I read about how it got like canned in the whole like Discovery um, HBO or whatever like merger what and uh, final everything. <laughs> we got killed in the merger thing. I think so. Yeah, it was one of those things that, uh, yeah, the, the whole like one, the Times Warner and uh, Discovery yeah. Plus, like it, like it was one of the shows that like didn't do well enough numbers to like justify because it started on TBS initially. Oh, so we're never going to Netflix. It's never going to finish then. No, and it ended on like the cliffhanger of cliffhangers. Yeah, the the, the world, the universe is ending. Oh yeah, like that. Like, oh, so good. Well, apparently <laughs> it did end because so it's not happening. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that whole Warner Brothers thing is getting real ugly since we're. Um, I wanted to. Oh. We can wrap up here, but mm-hmm. uh, apparently they so the company was trying to save money, and their market cap dropped almost six billion dollars over the course of a week. So you know, I feel they failed on this. Saving money thing. Um, <laughs> How's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah, so that's not great. Um, 
you know, keep cutting jobs in animation. I think that's great. I, I do want also want to point out the fact that uh, Infinity Train's creator has just come out and said, yeah, there's no way you can legally watch that show now because uh, HBO Max has taken it down. And been a lot of shows really? like that, actually. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, if you want to pirate it, I don't know what to tell you because you can't watch it any other way. <laughs> yeah, I, I've said it once and I've said it a thousand times. <laughs> Pirate everything. Except no, don't no, wink don't wink. Do except nothing. <laughs> except don't wink wink, but pirate everything. But, but don't. really don't. See, Jam does not endorse piracy. Um, <laughs> but we sure as hell participated in it. No, I'm no joking. we don't. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Come ah. on yourself. <laughs> You're the worst we don't part. encourage piracy, but WB sure as hell does. Yeah. <laughs> Like taking all these things off the market. It's, there's so many sad stories about these IPs that are just vanishing. Like oh they'll be scrubbing stuff off the internet. It's so bad. Like, what, what is going on over there? And then apparently they only have the the mar- like the the budgets released like two movies for the rest of the year, and it's August. And your WB likely <laughs> going to be Flashpoint, and they're just going to, I guess, take the L on Ezra Miller being a. Well, um, even that's not even this year. Like they're they're doing. Um, that's twenty twenty three. Yeah. Oh, is it get pushed? Yep. I think it, I think it was always twenty twenty three, or at least it okay. has been before yeah. all the recent stuff. Um, but then, so Black Adam's coming this year, and I think they have like some kind of romantic comedy. I forget what it's called. That's the other movie they're doing this year. They had to push uh, Aquaman and something else out of this year, right? <laughs> because they don't have the budget anymore. But your WB. I like, still say I, I feel they should find a way to get Batgirl done because it's almost finished. Just release it, put it on streaming. I don't care what you do with it. Just a lot of people put a lot of work into that movie and just just shelve it so no one can ever see it. It's just a disservice to everyone that's worked on the project. Even if it's bad, it's better to just like Yeah. I don't care. When is that stop the Warner Brothers before, honestly? Yeah. I just I feel really bad for everyone that works on these projects. Like all these cartoons, all these different series that HBO Max was known for, um, they are they're destroying historical historical records of these unique projects. And there's no and due to the way nature of streaming, there's no way you can watch it unless they release a DVD box set or something. These things are going to be lost lost the time, and that's just sad. That's the yeah. That's the worst part of it. I think actually, is like it's one thing to cancel it. That happens. Yeah. Maybe not for the reasons they're that they're using, but still, it happens. Yeah. But then to go around and then just scrub every mention of it from your social media accounts, it's just so weird. That's like it existed. You know, people have record of it existing yeah. outside of your social media. Like it does a, yeah. it does a disservice for all the creators that worked for Warner Brothers, and I know already like that's part of the reason their market cap drops so much is creators are boycotting warner brothers uh warner brothers discovery because they just don't want to be associated with them they don't want to have a project go all the process of making it making it getting it out there and just have it vanish it's horrible to everyone that's worked on these projects and is horrible to all the people behind the scenes the animators the creators the directors the editors that now just their their testament to their work is just gone mm-hmm Toaster's putting out some great stuff in the chat about uh, yeah, the service about their disservice as a fan too. And it's like, yeah. you know, look at Marvel and Eternals. Eternals is their biggest box office flop when it comes to movies, but it still didn't 
you know, it's still it did did fine numbers. It's it fine, yeah. especially yeah. considering the pandemic and everything. Like theaters were not fully I mean, back in the flow everywhere globally at the time when it came out, and it still did okay. Yeah. And, and look at all the people too who are like, you know, kind of like whining about like she hulk and other stuff like you don't see them sort of yeah. like kowtowing and like backing down from projects and like try you know trying to like you know just because like what like the fanboy set is isn't happy about it or like the you know like like like, like these movies aren't going to still going to do like even the people who are shouting the loudest about it on the internet aren't going to go day one to watch the movie so they can shout about it more on the internet like right. what is <laughs> what does marvel care money's green no matter what <laughs> i think um, we talked about uh, Warner Brothers Discovery like a week or two ago. Was it yes last week? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, last yeah, just, yeah, I think it was last week. Yeah, I just the fact that they've they've they at some point someone in the company CEO whatever has decided this is our audience and anything else is wrong, and I feel that that is just doing everyone a disservice. And I feel that, like, even looking at the um, like approval ratings on like the different services, people do not really love Discovery anymore. People did love HBO Max, and now just kind of throwing that all away because he likes Discovery more is just just silly on so many fronts. And out of touch too. Like. Yeah, it re- it really is misguided. If they don't, I I would be surprised if that CEO doesn't step down and move away. Because they're making so many odd choices that is costing shareholders and the audience they've built that is going to take years to repair. Yeah, yeah shareholders are kind of the biggest thing you don't want to mess with. Yeah, <laughs> you don't, you don't the want to lose money. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Well, yeah. And ironically, it's doing a big disservice to them, too, because they it's you know, destroying their financials too. Like they're, they're doing all this stuff to save money, quote unquote, and yeah. it's backfiring entirely. And it's going to be real hard to move forward from this when you don't have anyone who wants to work with you. You don't, you <laughs> can, don't have anyone who wants to work with you. You don't have a back catalog to show off anything. And you do have a service that dies because you've pushed everyone away. Great life choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, if you'd like to read more on these topics and more, you can find full coverage at cgmagonline.com. Be sure to follow CG Magazine on all the socials. Just search for CG Mag. You'll find us along with uh, Edward's live coverage of uh, Gamescom going on throughout the weekend. Uh, and if you have any other questions or comments, please send them to podcast at cgmagonline.com. Jordan, where can people find you? Uh you can find me sometimes on Instagram and sometimes on TikTok at uh, Ninja X Jordan. You can find me on YouTube at Ninja Jordan Reviews. Brendan, you can find me on Beef Fry Twenty Six on all the socials if you want to find me. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hookathy or here on Twitch at Guild Two Taps. So uh, that'll do it for us for this week. Thanks for tuning in and. Uh, We'll catch you next week.